بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم اللهم آمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته so uh, um, today we're going to be doing um, today we're going to be covering maybe three or four points to do with respect to clothing and uh, how it's worn you're gonna have to bear with my with my um, with my what lack of energy that's definitely going to be that's definitely one of them with my lack of energy and with my yani tortured position because unfortunately I slipped my desk and uh, three days ago and um, I'm okay in this position right here but any other position yani is a murder so uh, you know and but alhamdulillah so I need lots of dua lots and lots and lots of dua because um, I have a lot of walking in a couple of weeks I have a, my Umrah group that I need to lead and uh, just generally so that's that. But alhamdulillah, I'm on lots and lots of drugs, so I'm enjoying yani. I mean, yeah, lightheaded at the moment, which is nice. Adds a little bit of yani maza to the class. Makes all you lot look better as well. That's a plus point. So you lot all look great. I don't know if that's true or not. But certainly, yani, certainly in the LSD yani inspired euphoria that I'm in, yani, it certainly looks good. Um, What's happened? I don't know. Completely crashed? No, it's not streaming everything is there. It's not. Uh, the uh, hard copy is still recording, eh? Oh, copy recording, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not streaming at all, you say? No, it's not streaming, but it's streaming everything else. So just uh, give it a few seconds while uh, it. Um, Shaz works out why it's not uh, going out live. Uh, is it maybe because people are on Wi-Fi? Uh, Islam, can you just ask Abid to come? Ask Abid to come. Yeah. That wouldn't be it, would it? What's on now? What's on now? Yeah, that's fine. But, but, but what have the people online just seen? Okay, guys, if you're just joining us online... Then um, we just had a little kind of interruption. We haven't actually started the class yet, so you didn't miss anything interesting at all. Just me, Yanni, playing with my old violin. <laughs> and no one cared one little bit. I think so. it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, so it's all right, yeah. Just don't put anyone on the Wi-Fi, yeah, Abid? Yeah? So, um, uh, yeah, so we haven't started just yet. But just for the interests of the watching audience, because I get very few, Yanni, chances to... Muster up sympathy. <laughs> yeah. What do you take me for? I'm a man, Yara. Let them yani think I'm a, I'm a lion sitting like this. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So the Arabic shaz. Let's, let's uh, bring up the thingy. Uh, uh, actually, let's ask. Uh, let's, there's uh, there's Rayhan. I can see and Mahnoor and Mesa. Is it all working fine? Uh, just let's wait to see what they say. Is the stream all streaming? Um, is the class working uh, fine or not? Let's wait for their response. If you can bring up the notes, Shaz, I will just read the, the section that we're going to be covering today.
I know, I know you were, mashallah, yeah. Okay, so this, the, the, the paragraph that we're going to be covering today, I don't think we'll do it all. It's, وَيُكْرَهُ فِي الصَّلَاءِ السَّدَلِ وَاشْتِمَالُ الصَّمَّاءِ وَالتَّغْطِيَةُ وَجْهِهِ وَالْلِثَامُ عَلَى فَمِهِ وَأَنْفِهِ وَكَفُّ كُمِّهِ وَلَفُّهُ وَشَدُّ وَصَتِهِ كَالزُّنَّارِ وَتَحْرُمُ الْخُيَلَاءِ أو تحرم as well وتحرم الخيلاء في ثوب وغيره والتصوير واستعماله I think that we'll get through maybe half of that okay again um, because of just the last four days just being completely out of it I was not able to prepare the translation so off the top of my head just like an informal translation it is disliked in the prayer okay to do a sadal we said sadal last week what would we say what would we suggest for sadal? Draping. Uh, draping. Yeah, that's not bad actually. We didn't say that, did we? Draping. Yeah, to to drape or to let loose, to let clothes hang loose, okay, or things hang loose. Washtimal or samma? Where are we going to go with for that? Wrapping oneself in a closed fashion. Yeah, right. That's what we said. We'll explain. I'll review it, Yani. Okay. Uh, and to cover up the face, okay? And to veil the mouth and the nose. Now, veil is not the right word, I guess, but cover or whatever the, other, the word is, okay? Al-Litham means veil, but uh, uh, here I guess it could be anything, as you'll see. Interesting. To, for, uh, to uh, uh, pull up the sleeve or to roll it up. Okay, the sleeves. To pull them up or to fold them up. Okay, uh, to gather them. To gather them or to fold them. Okay, both. وَشَدْ وَصَطِهِ كَالزُّنَّارِ And to gather the clothes together, such as what is done with a... I got the word for this. Cincture. C-I-N-C-T-U-R-E Such as is done with a cincture C-I-N-C-T-U-R-E This is the knowledge, Yanni Never heard of that word before in my life until today Okay uh, And it is impermissible to be arrogant in one's clothing and other things it is impermissible, haram. So you see now, this is a good point because it indicates that the word karaha means karaha. Remember we discussed this last week that linguistically in the Quran and Sunnah, makruh means haram or disgusting and hated, yani far more than the legal sense. But legally speaking, makruh and karaha means that which is not haram, but disliked. The person who does it, he is not punished. The person who leaves it, for the sake of Allah, he is rewarded. That's the definition of makruh. And we were saying, you know, it could be an Imam Ahmed, whenever he used to say an akrah, I hate this, he would actually mean that I consider it to be haram. Here, in the legal statement, we are now confident that it means that it is hated. All of these uh, things that we just mentioned, none of them are haram, haram. Okay? And the evidence clearly is that he now moves on to what is haram. So he said, and what is haram is al-khuyala, to be arrogant in one's clothing and in other things. Other things here are rings and, you know, whatever other stuff will come to that. And then 
to use picture to uh, and and to have pictures and to use pictures in some kind of way and pictures here is a massive word which will be pretty much all of next week okay that's going to be a big discussion all right so that's just my off the top of my head kind of informal translation i will make that better and then we'll release it maybe next week as form of the as part of the text so what did we cover last week we covered the first two asadal okay or asad all right it's not sadal yeah, anyway, the fatha, but because we make qalqala upon the dal, it comes across like that. So it's asadlu, okay? That's what it is, asadlu. But if a person was kind of just saying it, uh, 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 you know, and stopping, it does sound like a sadl. But it's asadl. You, you got what I'm trying to say? So I just want you to know that it is not, you will often hear me making it sound like it is sadl, sadl with the fatha. There is no fatha on the dal. And the sadl, all right, is, as I said, it is letting things hang. And I gave a demonstration last week. I showed you that a person could take his thobe and put it over his head or the izar, yani especially the, the in ihram, when people do that, they hang it around the neck. Actually, if you, do, if you go to hajj, you'll see people do it all the time. It's very, very hot in the, in the tents in Mina. And, you know, what's, what happens in Mina stays in Mina. You become yani, very close friends with the people in front of you, clothing, clothing etiquettes and everything goes right out the window and everyone gets used to yani, seeing you completely yani, half naked. Not a problem at all. It's amazing actually, you know. Hajj is great like that because it starts off yani, in a very, you know, in a very, I don't know what the right word is, but I say prude, but that's the wrong word. But yani, it starts off with that kind of, you know, very careful very respectful, and then you know, three, three, four days later, everyone's walking around making wudu with their big stomachs hanging out and whatever. whatnot. it's disgusting. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, so um, that's the male version anyway. That's what's happening on the female side, but that's the male version. So, um, so you'll see often that people will, will will sit there and with the thing. Now you don't see people praying like that, although you will. Okay, you will see a few people praying like that, and. Technically speaking, it is permissible. We've already established that. We've spent the last few weeks proving that it is permissible to pray without covering the shoulders at all. Okay? We said that it is for the minimal, minimal clothing that a prayer is valid in is that which covers the aura, and that's it. And then the more that you then build upon that, the better your prayer in terms of reward. Because everything that you add on, and I don't just mean... Uh, adding on in terms of covering body parts. So if you just had a, 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 a rida on, okay, uh, or izar on, okay, meaning your waist wrapper, if you just had that covering yourself, basically a bath towel. So if you're in a bath towel, you can pray. And now if you were to add, for example, socks, and you've covered your feet up, that's even better, more rewarded. And if you were to cover up now by putting a shirt on, then it gets better. And if you were to put on then a hat, it gets better. And if you want to put a scarf and a jumper, it gets better. Then you need to put on a robe and whatever gets better. Just like we would expect royalty to look better the more things they put on, which is why when they come out, they're draped with so many things. People literally have to you know, take it off. So that, that concept that we spent a long time discussing is that clothes and the more of them is an indicator, an indication of beauty, honor, respect, especially for the act of worship itself. So as a bare minimum, though, we know that it's just the, 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 the aura being covered. Now a person, when he has that extra piece of cloth, and instead of covering his body with it, he's letting it hang, that's problematic. And that's one of the ilal, one of the reasons why a sadl is impermissible, in that you're not doing what you should do with that cloth. Another reason we said that it is impermissible is that it doesn't look right. 
Okay, it's not yani, the way that a person should stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another reason that we mentioned that some of the scholars said that it is impermissible or makru, sorry, beg your pardon, makru, is because it can uh, lead to a potential uncovering of the aura. There are some scenarios which would lead uh, you to, uh, you do that and you just risk uncovering the aura. Now that, that's not the case if you've got a very clear covering like that, but it might be the case if it's a single cloth. If it's a single cloth and you're holding it like that, then whatever. Now, I did mention also that some of the scholars said that it applies to the uh, hands as well. All right, that it's impermissible, therefore, to pray like the Malikis pray, which is to have, a, and they, which they themselves also call a sadil, yeah, which is to let the hands become loose. But we said that that's not, it's, although some scholars did say that, there's no evidence that that is actually uh, 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 correct. Uh, the the uh, hadith all seem to suggest very clearly this referring to clothing as opposed to the um, hands. However, an interesting addition to this, we won't cover this today, but maybe later, um, is that likewise hair. Some of the scholars said that a person who has free-flowing hair, obviously a male we're talking about, who then enters the prayer by then tying it up, he is also then... Um, uh, uh, falling into a, uh, uh, a prohibition which we're going to be coming to now and I just I, I mentioned that just to indicate okay that sadal itself letting things hang loose is more than just your top garment people did refer it to other uh, things too and this is complicated okay meaning that you will find in the classical books of fiqh forget about the modern ones Okay, such a huge difference over, first of all, the interpretation of what they mean, and then two, what are the actual reasons, which is why I confidently gave you three different ilal, three different shari'i reasons why they could be prohibited. Okay, now if you look at all three of them, well, the first thing that you should notice is what? All of them are uh, ishtihadi kind of subjective kind of ideas. What is looking beautiful? What is risky for showing a person's aura or not? Especially when we go to the second one. Ishtimal or samma, as we said, is when you wear a thawb which has no opening, okay? Where it's blocked. You are wrapped, yani, in something which is bl- blocking you, okay? Your arms are underneath it. And for you to then take your arms out, you have to then expose your aura because you're having to bring your arms out from underneath and expose your, your situation. And that is one of the ilal. Okay, second, they said it looks really strange. Third, they said the harm that you are not able to push away. So if something comes at you or something runs at you, you're not able to do anything because your arms are underneath. Okay, but then we added that caveat. We said that if you are wearing a cloth, a cloth or a chadar or sadar or whatever, which is part of the culture of your people, and it looks absolutely fine. And we gave the example of the, uh, uh, what's it called for the woman again? Um, Women thing, yeah, poncho, yeah. We said that, yeah. That's the same thing. It's closed, isn't it? It's basically a closed thing goes on the top, and there's no opening, right? And it comes down, and hands are hidden, yeah. But the difference with that, and that, and this is where the fiqh comes in, and that's why I want to show show you that it's so subjective between classic school and old. Classically, they're all prohibiting it. Modern, but at Ibn Taymiyyah's kind of time. He's the one who said, no, that's allowed. And today, it'd be ridiculous to consider a poncho to be impermissible because a poncho is put on on top of significant clothing already. The aura is already covered underneath. So when the woman then does put her hands underneath to raise her hands, she's not uncovering anything. She's uncovering what's already covered. And number two, the poncho is part of zina. It looks good. Yani, it's not 
it's not a person doesn't look at a poncho and say you look really weird you get what I'm trying to say and that's again one of the illan that we said when you're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in salah and you're told to take your zina to make yourself look beautiful then certainly to wear a poncho is not the opposite of that rather the majority would consider it to be part of that okay so then continuing a little bit but a, 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 he kind of now goes he now kind of goes a bit to a, a different part and he now talks about um, uh, where did we end yes and now to cover the face so therefore it is disliked to cover the face while you are praying and uh, one of the the reasons uh, for that is and he he mentions uh, 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 many um, he mentioned many reasons for this first of all that this is a clear yani, prohibition from the Prophet ﷺ, that a person is covering their face and also it could lead to not being aware of what's going on around a person. You remember we had this long discussion, I don't want to do it again, reviewed the last week's lesson, that there is, a, there is a clear wisdom in even though we all know that closing the eyes leads to such a better state in the prayer, it has been made makruh. Closing the eyes is not the sunnah in prayer, even though, as I said, all of us know and feel that if we close our eyes and lie back and whatever, just the concept of closing eyes is a meditation positive thing and yet in the prayer which is our key moment of quote-unquote meditation i hate using that word okay uh but um and we uh, genuinely uh, uh we have to try our best to move the discourse from this word because this word you will see often especially they, they say about the prophet that yani this is the cave of hira and the cave of hira i want you to just just i know it's a bit of a tangent but i want you to think about this the cave of Hira is seen as a key place to go and visit, okay, for people who go to Umrah. And this is bid'ah without a shadow of a doubt. And there is nothing of value in Hira, and there is nothing that you get rewarded by Hira. And it's one of our cultural weaknesses that, that's in us that we kind of give too much yani, uh, credence to things that we ourselves subjectively think have value. And again, it's really a simple question of, do you want to be the, the driving force and the parameter setting kind of uh, person when it comes to worship and comes to reward and comes to being happy? Or should the companions be? This is what it really means. This is like, this, this is the, the uh, for me, practically, from my experience over many years, this is the acid test to see whether a person, he really does follow the Salaf, Okay, really follows the best of people or whether he follows his own desires. Because actually all of us emotionally, especially the way that we're brought up, schooling, understanding history, understanding big moments, places, things like that. Actually, not just us in the West, I think across the world, the education system is like that, that we're kind of brought up to value these kind of relics and things like that. It's just part and parcel of our experience of education and the arts. There's an idea of appreciation and a lot, and uh, you know, f- for these kind of things. So, unfortunately, if that's how you're brought up, that's your experiential kind of reality. Then later, then you start to see that when it when you become, you know, when you're an adult, and it starts to then get mixed up with religious uh, iconography or iconic kind of expression, then you get into a bit of a, a problem. So, I just want you to know that you know the making tawaf around graves didn't come out of nothing. Right, it comes from a desire to, um, to. It comes from the desire of the human being 
I don't know how to articulate it. Maybe you guys can suggest something. Um, yeah, I, I want to put forward. I want to put forward that I believe it is from human nature to find shortcuts. Okay, and when I say shortcuts, I mean to always look for bonus kind of moments, bonus days, bonus actions. It's in our human nature. And I don't just mean like packs. You know, like everyone likes a bargain, right? Why does everyone like a bargain? Because you feel like you get so much for so little, right? Human nature, everyone likes a sale. And there's something psychological there that when you see sale, you're more likely to go in, even though the sale price is maybe it's more expensive than the original price. You get tricked, but it's part of the fact that we're getting a deal. Likewise, we love the idea of Laylatul Qadr. We love the idea of Ramadan in principle. We love the idea of Jum'ah. We love everything where we get that extra kind of bonus. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us like that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feeds it as well. And that's from His mercy. But it has a negative side as well. The negative side is that it creates a kind of psyche, if you don't control it, where you become entirely dependent upon those moments, which is why we have so much in common with Christians. uh, 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 And the Prophet warned us against that. Like a Christian, for example, will have no connection to Christianity in their entire life, not even God. In fact, many of them will deny God and still claim to be Christians, simply for and put an, an abnormal focus on the christening. And the baptism and the funeral at the end. Okay? Because that's yani, just something that's so important at that moment. But it has very little value. Okay? Uh, literally, whether you're buried, yani, uh, 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 even in Christianity or baptized, whatever, it will not make the ultimate difference. I mean, Islamically speaking, we have that same scenario. I, I, I think I've explained this before, I've discussed this before. We have an inordinate kind of focus to give the adhan in the ear of the a newborn and iqama in the left and these are people who don't pray at all who don't practice their religion whatsoever anyway and I've given you the alternative as well that I've been here in this masjid where people will come and say can you please Yani, uh, come and see my I think I told you about you know go to see the person who's dying and they didn't know anything of anything of any sort of the religion and that person was dying come to the hospice okay what about if I tell you that uh, a couple here in Chido came and their mother had passed away they'd never come to the masjid her mother had lived in this country for 60 years never gone to a mosque never knew anything whatsoever, whatsoever. didn't know how to pray even right but there is something there that there has to be an Islamic funeral there has to be so we have this kind of connection with uh, these kind of little things and little moments which have uh, become, you know, super powerful. Um, and that, that, I think, leads to us when we see something uh, that could be holy, we get, we, we want to, you know, attach it, attach ourselves to it. So if we find that, you know, that people are saying that going around this kind of grave, it will do this, it will do that. From the sunnah we saw at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the people taking the tree and actually considering it to be something like special, right? And hanging their, their own sword. Sayyidina Umar was having none of that and cut it down. And that's a tree which is mentioned in the Qur'an. So you see, the, 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 uh, 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 even with a tree which Bayha was made underneath it, which if you're going to be a touristy kind of people, you're going to go there and say, this is the tree that Allah mentioned in the Qur'an. You're, you're going to do that, right? As a tourist, especially as Western tourists. I don't know what you're going to do there, but you're going to go there. You're going to feel that. And our companions chopped it down because they realized that we're losing focus and giving something which has no value whatsoever other than for it to be understood in a historical narrative. And give, we're giving it a spiritual reality. And that itself is a problem. 
Okay, it's a major problem. And it's why even scholars, then they also started to prohibit permissible things. Okay, so they gave fatawa to prohibit permissible things. And this is the whole theory behind prohibiting ta'wiz. Okay, ta'wiz. Yes, so ta'wiz in principle, I strongly believe it's permissible. Because in principle, it is the Qur'an. And to seek protection and whatever by the Qur'an is seeking protection by Allah. Because Allah's word is the Qur'an. We do not believe. This is why the Aqidah debate that happened back in the day of whether the Qur'an is created or not is so important here. Because if it's created, then it's nothing to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's just like anyone else. But when it's from the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is Allah. Okay, and so therefore to swear by the Quran is something which is permissible. We spoke about that. Uh, uh, I don't know why we spoke about it, but we're talking about qasims and by swearing by Allah subhanahu wa taala, swearing by the Quran is the same thing. I think that was actually in fitna, the class, as opposed to here. So it's very important for us to get our mindset right when it comes to these kind of uh, reality. And there has to be a balance. There, uh, uh, there has to be a balance. And I warn you here that there is an extreme that you can go to where you start to completely deny the importance of location and objects and so on because we do know that there is blessing in the Prophet ﷺ himself. You see? So it's very... This is maturity. This is knowledge. Uh, this is knowledge. This is the definition of knowledge and wisdom because you know the fact that the Prophet ﷺ was yani, reflecting and making tadabbur and whatever, and that's why I said I hate the word meditation, okay? Because meditation itself is not a word which comes free of a number of realities with it, and certainly a religious reality. And he was making tafakkur and tadabbur in this place, which is very high and very isolated. If you've ever been there, and I have been there, okay, it, you can see uh, uh, now it's very different because when you look, you see so much yani build up civilization and mosques, lights, and the big clock tower and stuff. But if it wasn't there, then it would be completely isolated, miles away, and you'd really feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Okay, and it's difficult. It does require maturity to say that where he sat, where he sat for for hours and days and nights, and where he stood up, and maybe one of these physical locations where Jibril Islam grabbed him and squeezed him, and those immortal words that started everything off, yani, that that does not have a historical significance. Yet the hair of the Prophet ﷺ, yet the spit of the saliva of the Prophet ﷺ, yet the wudu which comes off his face is something blessed, is something to be sought, is something that the companions were desperate to touch, drink, feel, and so on and so forth. So it's a, this is a, it's a, it's a difficult line in, be, in between, and that's why you upset people when you talk about this. When you say to people that no, Hira has no, has no basis, it is a bit hard to consider it to be so, whatever. What are we using as the criterion? We use the companions. The companions are the greatest of criterions. It's really simple. Yeah, and he, that's why I, I, you don't need to get into so many debates with people. Yeah, if you get into debates and people are arguing, leave them. Because the people who leave argumentation, they get rewards. Okay, just ask about companions. When Mawlid comes up and people want to celebrate the birthday of the Prophet it's not a big deal, right? We don't do it. No, you got to do it. Did the companions do it? No, they didn't. Did a single one do it? No, they didn't. Okay, khalas, that's it. So I'm very comfortable where I am. And if you're not comf- if you're not happy with emulating the companions, that's your problem. You deal with it. Okay, the khalas. If it comes to going to Hira, when it comes to looking for the house of Abu Darda, when it comes to trying to find where uh, Sayyidina Uthman stood and actually stand there and try to identify it, which which Medina now has become, there's now an industry that's built around certain kind of 
you, this is the house of so-and-so, and this is so-and-so, and this is where the Prophet Wasallam uh, prayed, and so therefore we should pray here. There is a an industry which is built around that. There's two issues here. Number one, there's very little... Uh, evidence to actually establish any of these facts per se anyway to say it was here it was there it was here it was there and that's not just because the Saudis are building or whatever that's just because historically it was not considered to be something worthy of recording but more importantly as I said if the companions who loved him most who were most closest to him if they didn't do it what is your rationale for you doing it we don't have a single companion ever who went to Hira we don't have a single companion that went all the way up there and sat there to meditate or to make tafakkur or to make tadabbur. We never saw a single companion try to go and find a place that he prayed in just because he prayed in sallallahu just for that reason. However, we have every single evidence that you can possibly imagine where companions followed the Prophet where he did go to play in a random place and he said to pray in that random place. Like Quba, like yani, the Wadi of Ali, Bir uh, Ali, like Dhul Hulayfa, like yani, these places. So, I want I want you to know that th- this dividing line it is difficult, it is subjective, but you need to understand that with the companions and sticking to them and their approach to it, okay. And obviously, we're talking the majority of the companions because you find it rare to have a complete consensus of companions. Then that's where safety is. And so, just the um, I don't know why we're talking about Hira. Why we talking about Hira for? Meditate. Why are we talking about meditation, though? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, miles away. Way up in. But yeah, that the point is, is that people, yeah, when it comes to closing their eyes, they think that that's meditation. They have an, an image in their in their mind that the Prophet would go up to this mountain, cross his legs, close his eyes, and meditate. There is no single evidence about that whatsoever, and I think it's damaging. I genuinely think it's damaged the perception of folks. Shazad, and then with that. So on this issue of people visiting historical places, do you not have to distinguish between people wanting to visit them for their historical significance versus thinking it's an act of worship? Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely, we need to distinguish. The problem is how many people do distinguish. Okay? That's the first thing. Yes, I feel safe and confident that our folks uh, could do that. Okay? Uh, However, where do you think all these things start from? That's where it all comes from. It starts from some folks, they go and they, 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 they make a visit. They make an intention to go to a place to enjoy and to reflect and to think. And I want to say to you that um, in a way of life called Islam, where the intention is so powerful and where acts of worship can become very easily achieved, meaning that you can, you can do very small little things. There are people here, for ex- like just to give you an example, how some of you are sitting. Some of you could change the way you are sitting and be more rewarded for it. Because you make the intention that, you know, I'm getting sleepy like this. I'm now going to move this position, which is going to be more uncomfortable for me, but I'll be more, be more awake. I've had a long day and, I, you know, I feel very comfortable as it is now, but I'm missing out on the focus on the lesson. So when you have such an easy way to do worship and you are, are such a thin line on how you appreciate things... I'm saying to you that marveling and wondering and thinking and reflecting about historical realities can very quickly flip over to acts of worship. And the discerning person is going to be safe. But the not so discerning masses are not safe. And that of course is the hadith of Ibn Abbas in terms of the history of shirk. If you go and study that, that hadith, shirk started... and. 
I'm not in any way saying that that's what happens if a person goes to you know Hira. But I want you to understand that everything starts in a in a in a way where you don't perceive it at that moment. And you won't maybe you can say you won't even perceive it like that for a couple hundred years. But it will start to build up and and our history has proven that. Our history. You look at all the different countries of the Muslims, Pakistan, India, Egypt. You look at you know where big populations have been, where good people have been uh, buried and and venerated, and you see what their reality is now. It's it's very difficult to argue against it. But as I said, as I said, there is a thin line about how we can appreciate our culture and our arts and our history, and why our companions didn't seem to. Okay. And I am not so crazy to say just because the companions didn't, it's haram. I understand that we are a different culture and different cultures are allowed to have different ways of thinking. But I'm saying that all safety is with the companions. My favorite statement yani, of all the scholars of every yani, when I always remember whenever I'm thinking or teaching or when I was yani, practicing, in the early times and I'm going through different confusing, confusing moments and doubts about methodology and which group to be with and this and that, whatever. The burning yani, statement, flag yani, of the truth is the statement of Imam Malik that whatever saved the earlier people will save you as well. Yani, that's yani, a basic principle that if you want safety in your religion, then go back to the Salaf. And if you want like a stylish yani, kind of nuanced, high-quality kind of yani, expression, then fine, but it's going to be risky. It's going to have lots of risk in it. And I don't, but that doesn't make it haram, but it makes it risky. When you start to say the companions didn't do, none of the companions didn't do it, but I'm going to do it. Is it haram, brother? No, it's not haram, brother. Well, then I'm okay. Well, that's fine. But it's a risky expression of the religion. I'm not ever going to say it's haram. In actual fact, I'm going to say sometimes it's necessary. Okay? But as a basic principle to, to know this and, and, rem- and, and remember this, you will, you will find a lot of safety in it. Okay? Now the irony, of course, is that in this lesson, we're going to pretty much be going against what the companions understood. Okay? We're going to be going against what the companions understood about a lot of these things. Now you could argue then that's complete hypocrisy. Because for example, now where are we? We're talking about covering the face. Alright? That's fine. And by the way, just to, just to say... Um, Sheikh Uthaymeen himself, because they consider the covering of the face to be obligatory for the woman, he says that the exception to this is the female who is surrounded by non-mahram males. Then she is to cover her face, whether that is to cover the face yani, with the loose cloth of the hijab like this, or whether it is to bring down the niqab, uh, the, the thingamajig, the, you know, the piece of cloth which you put over the top, and that comes down either way. I just want to say to you, by the way, that especially for the sisters, um, I, I want you to get a lot more comfortable whether you consider hijab and whether, whether you consider niqab to be obligatory or not. I want you to get comfortable with the idea of using this cloth like that. Okay, there's a lot of good, yani. Uh, what can I say? Uh, there's a what? Sorry, there's a lot of khair in it. Yeah, yani, meaning that. Um, uh, th- th- this practice, yani, uh, actually culturally, I remember yani, the old films, you know, the, the old kind of Aladdin and, and Sinbad's and all the whatever, the woman always used to kind of do that kind of thing, right? So this practice, this practice of covering the, the face is actually a very useful one because, 
from a fiqh point of view, when you are in hajj especially, when you are in ihram, I beg your pardon, when you are in ihram, it is the strongest and the safest way to cover one's face for whatever reason at a time when you know it's impermissible to do so because it is seen as not covering the face. It's seen as a very temporary scenario to actually pull that across, even if you were to tuck it in and to leave it, and so therefore it becomes almost kind of like semi-permanent. It's not seen as covering the face. So I just wanted just to throw that out there because you see that in other cultures, especially the Arab cultures, they won't do that. And what their go-to will be was just to flip the niqab back over the face. So when they want to uncover the face for salah, they would put the niqab back on top of the head. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because the niqab is loose, isn't it? Like that. And so they will put it back on like this. And if something happens, they will then flick it. Now, that, 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 this flicking, Ibn Taymiyyah has a long essay on this. I don't want to bore you to death, but I'm just saying that this that comes back over is far more closer to a permanent covering of the face than this action where you take your thingy and you do that. Okay, that's just a, that's a side point. So um, that is an uh, 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 exception um, for the woman, yes. That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good, it's a very good statement. It's a very good point. With that, basically said that obviously with the companions, they saw him, you know, firsthand, and you know, in fairness, they need very little comparative, yani reminder of the physical and the reality, whereas we are a million miles away, yani, as a result of that. And, uh, uh, you know, because of time and history and generations and whatever. And sometimes, um, you know, it helps. Now, it's so difficult to argue against that. Right? However, there's no evidence for this position whatsoever. That's the problem. Yep. I mean, I'm com- I completely agree with you. And not, do I, not only do I completely agree with you, okay, but I don't think there's a single person in this room that doesn't feel that. Uh, 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 as I said to you before, there is something within us pre-programmed in our fitrah to really enjoy and to benefit from big places, big moments, big times, and big even physical realities. There's no doubt about that. And I, what I want to say is if the scholars are at the very least able to express to, their, to the masses that they have to be really careful of the consequences of, or the, 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 the dark side, basically, of this kind of reality, then I think that's enough. Yeah, Because it's very difficult to suddenly say, we're not going to go here, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, because we've seen so much khair from people who didn't go mad as a result of it, didn't do shirk as a result of it, really got touched by, by that kind of thing. But I really do want to express something. I really want to say this. That it wasn't just the companions, it was the Salaf as well. It wasn't just the Salaf, it was our major Imams as well. Our major Imams avoided this kind of thing. And it really goes back to something. I'll give you an example. You see, here's the problem with this. I really want you to feel what I'm about to say. When I said to that that there's not a single bit of evidence, it's just pure people's ideas, emotions and subjectivity and anecdotal proof. Right. The problem is, is that it can be used in the other way. That's the problem of making an argument on emotion, even though we all know it to be true. 
Sheikh Ihlan, okay, who uh, you know is my teacher, my closest friend, twenty now plus years, whatever. I don't know another person. I don't know another person who I consider to be more religious, or more, more, more. What's the words? More, more pious, more. Muttaqi, yani, you know, I told you before, I don't know, I don't know any muttaqin, yani, no one knows any muttaqin. If I was going to say there's a muttaqi, he would be the person that I would, yani, you know, say that would be that person in my life that I've seen. Okay, now, uh, very, very, very spiritual, very, very connected, whilst living a very modern, normal life. Okay, incredibly cautious, incredibly careful, utterly dominated his life by religion. I don't see a single minute except that it's uh, Allah is in front of him. That's very, very, uh, uh, I'm a very critical guy. And I have nothing, me and Sheikh Ihlani, yani, complete opposite characters. I would laugh and joke, criticize him all the time. But it's the truth, okay? And here's the thing. Where did we go or where did I make him go? Baqiya. Baqiya. Okay? I think I told you guys. No, 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 no. Okay. We recorded, recorded it on video. I didn't release it. I didn't release it to protect him, his skin. <laughs> yeah, and he was so upset, but he was being very polite because he was hosting me. Yeah, Visiting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, we were there just on the chill. Me and uh, Shazad. I said, let's go. You know, for a week or two, get a break. Okay. So. Uh, you know, out of season, completely dead everywhere, and just enjoying yani, the haramain like you, you can, right? And he was our host. We were staying with him. We we're staying yani, and everything. And uh, uh, so, you know, he was really putting it on in terms of hosting, you know, like no expenses spared, really wanted to show, you know, his, uh, what's the damn word? What? No, the, 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 the Urdu word, which is the greatest ever. Mehman Nawazi? Yeah? Mehman Nawazi. You like that, yeah? Not bad, huh? Not bad, yeah? Yeah? So he wanted to show his diyafa, yani, hardcore. And he was not refusing anything. I said, Sheikh, we need to go to Baqiya. And I saw his face drop. Right? I said, SubhanAllah, Baqiya. Baqiya, hadith, yani, to go visit the graves. Yes? Hadith to go and they remind you of the hereafter. Yani, definitely we have the major imams and companions in this. Of course, I know that no one knows any of them. Most of them are all you know, fabrication, not fabrication, meaning it's just tales to say this is Uthman and this is Yani Aisha and this is Yani whatever. Not a single person, even the ones that are, are independently ringed and whatever, whatnot. And let all the people tell you, I can tell you there's not an iota amount of evidence whatsoever. Okay? But we know that they're in there. Okay? So at least walking through, you know you're in the midst of companions. And I'm building this up for a reason. As I said, I don't know anyone more sunnah, more practicing, more emotional. And these are the kind of, and the reason I'm, make, I'm building this up is that he, in my, and again, we don't praise anyone in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah knows the truth. Uh, everything that he has in terms of quality, quality is what I dreamed that I could have in all of aspects of his life. So what I mean is that that's what our life is about, to try and get to those levels, okay? And therefore, by definition, if you justify wanting to go to a place to, you know, uh, to visit, you're hoping that it's going to help you get to that position. Okay? So, when we, I forced him in, and he was upset all the way, and then in the end, I said, Sheikh, come on, man, relax. He goes, this is the first time I've ever gone into Baqiya in my life. In my life. Person who is in Medina every weekend, person who's lived in Saudi, for don't know how many years, person who's gone back and forth, whatever. First time he's been in his life. 
he sees absolutely the companions did not used to go to Baqiyah like we do. They didn't used to venerate that reality like like we like 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 whatever. Now again, the argument comes in. Uh, uh, why would they? They see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They the least need to. But the reality is, is that if you are a person who puts his hand up and says that I'm following the school of the companions, I'm following the school of Tabi'in, I'm following the school of the Salaf, and I'm I I am satisfied. I am content. With whatever they were happy with, I'm going to be happy with. Whatever my, my, my natural state will say, then I'm telling you that a person can be the greatest of the Muslims with the greatest of connection to the Prophet ﷺ by studying him and by knowing him. And of course, the hadith supports that. The Prophet ﷺ did say to the companions that there will be people that will come that will be better than you. There will be people that will come that will never have seen me. And the companions were bamboozled by that. And there's no indication whatsoever that in explaining that hadith to the Prophet the Prophet is saying that hadith to the companions, was he indicating that they would become better by visiting yani, his things and whatever, whatnot, but rather the opposite. In actual fact, you see his statements, they all seem to be the, to the opposite. Don't do to my grave what the Christians and Jews did to them. Don't, take, don't go travel to any mosque except for three. Yani, even if you interpret all these hadith in the most yani, liberal way, if you were to say, for example, this hadith as we do, by the way, the Prophet ﷺ said, do not intend to visit any mosque except the three. Yet we visit mosques all the time. And you can say, ah, the hadith means that to have a literal religious experience and to, for it to be considered rewarded, and therefore every other mosque when you go to, you don't feel like that. So if you take that, which is the most liberal understanding of the hadith, you tell me that when people go to a nice mosque, you don't feel great about it, and you don't feel special inside, and you don't feel, what about those masajid and places that you do actually pray, like Khif, for example, and the Masjid of Dhul Halifa, even though it's not the masjid, but you're praying any for another reason. I'm saying to you, that if you look at the way of the Prophet he's pushing people away from that methodology. He's pushing people away from that kind of uh, reality. And actually there's a connection to one of the points here. Because, wh- where are we? Just, uh, let's just jump forward for a second. kazunar, And to gather the clothes, يعني, like with a, what's the word? Cincture. Okay? You know what a cincture is? It's what the monks wear. You know it's a belt. And it's that cloth that has the tassels. You get what I'm saying? So it's that rope which they tie their, their robe around and it has those it's tassels, yeah? Is that what it's called, that, that thing? So it's got like two, three or four tassels at the end of it. All right? Uh, by the way, the scholars differed until the cows came home on what that zunar means. Some said it means any belt. Any belt. That's why scholars prohibit trousers, by the way. Genuinely. Pantalon, as they call it, right? Trousers are pr- prohibited by scholars in the same way because the Prophet ﷺ, in prohibiting the zunar, they said that he's prohibiting a belt in all of its senses. And the only thing that needs a belt is something which starts there, okay? Because obviously a thobe would use your shoulders, it can't slip down. But anything which starts there, and therefore the trousers yani, start there, and its legs yani, are of a shape which are not conducive for, for adab and for etiquette. And so, you know, when you start to build up that whole argument, it can get really difficult, all right? Now, my opinion, and the opinion of, of a number of contemporary scholars, is that this prohibition of the zunar is actually a religious prohibition. Meaning that if you are to wear that exact item, yeah. Um, no, if you put in cincture, Shaz, you've just got robes up. Put, put, put in, yeah, no, 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 yeah, that's it. See, yeah, that's the one. Now, look at that, that's the, that's the thing. 
The stuff that, you know, that posh people like Shazad do the curtains with. This is Allah, this is punishment. Never make fun of Shazad. Shot right up there, man. I take that back, Shaz. So, uh, um, I believe that the prohibition is this. To specifically wear something which has very little yani, connection to... Uh, you should put it live to the people as well. Yeah, um, uh, yani, There's no reason for you to wear that. Okay, you wear, you wear a belt. If you're going to wear trousers, whatever. Our understanding is that trousers are permissible. It's an expression of clothing. It's something which is, yani, and, and the trousers by their nature, if there's a risk of them falling down, then the belt is good. You've seen the video of the, the Pakistani guy. Yes, the, the all-time classic Pakistani politician when the video is recording and he receives the, the guest uh, in the car. And when he opens the door to the car and the guy comes out, and you know, when he, like Donald Trump when he's meeting Angela Merkel and uh, 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 anything, you know, that, that, that meeting from the car when you're about to walk into the White House, when you're about to walk into Downing Street. So it was the Pakistani version. I don't know what, yani, where they were going to walk into, but that, that one. And as soon as he shakes his hand, the trousers fall down. <laughs> I don't know if he's the president or the governor or whatever, but his trousers just collapse. It's just a complete, yani, unbelievable moment. And he just, yani, quickly, then he's just desperately trying to grab his trousers and lift them up on it. The greatest video of all time ever. It's the funniest thing ever. And of course, the edit, the pack edit, what they've done to it is that there's a gunshot that goes off. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best ever, man. It's the best ever because you hear these people speaking, then, and then his, his things fall down. It's crazy. So I want you to know that even the scholars that considered yani, this to be like completely prohibited and even with belts, they said that it's permissible to cover the aura. So even the most conservative scholars, they said that if you have clothes where it cannot be held up except by a belt, then it is permissible to use it. Okay, I'm putting to you that it's actually not go. Not only that, it's permissible to use a belt in all of its forms and to wear trousers if it's the nature of the people, and it does not, yani, go against the hadith, which is the illa behind the prohibition here. Man minhum. Whoever resembles the people, then he is from them. It's this hadith which is driving all these prohibitions. By the way, it is this hadith. That whoever resembles a people specifically in imitation of them, then he is from them, i.e. in their religious uh, garb. That's our understanding. And obviously this hadith is very controversial because people across the board, they applied it to everything. They applied it to ties, suits, trousers, and basically everything that a non-Muslim wears, we can't wear because من تشبه بقوم منهم, which is nonsense. Which is absolute nonsense. Because a hadith means that whoever, for example, cuts his hair like a monk, and whoever wears the white dog thing, you know, the uh, dog collar, whatever it's called. Is it called a dog collar? It is called dog collar, yeah? yeah the, the priest thingy, and the one who wears bindi bindion, yeah? Uh, bindi, yeah? The, the, the red spot thing, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's completely impermissible. Completely impermissible, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what what you're trying to say is that if there is such a 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you're talking about tadabbur and tafakkur, such a focus on the Quran. You're basically saying that with such a focus on tafakkur, tadabbur, why can, why are we so against meditation or the concept? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not what I mean. Absolutely, tafakkur, tadabbur happens, and even with your eyes closed. Okay, I, that's also permissible to do that. Yeah, in a general sense, outside of salah, there's no doubt. Huh? No, no, I'm not referring to Tabarruk. Tabarruk is a separate point we'll come to. I'm saying to you that like feminism, like the word feminism, that's actually a good example. Okay? Meditation is like feminism. The truth is entirely in feminism, but then they took it in a different direction. And the truth is in meditation, but they took it in a, in a different direction. We, I, I consider it impermissible for a woman to, consider, to say, I follow feminism or I'm a feminist or whatever. I think that it's an, an unbelievable uh, rejection of Allah's book and his messenger and to say, no, I fight for women's rights within the, the, the Islamic paradigm. Simply because, whether for good or bad or for whatever reason, what feminism now means and what it now entails. Likewise, meditation. Meditation is effectively what the Prophet was doing. And no one can be blamed for translating tafakkur and tadabbur as meditation. However, when you say meditation today, you have an immediate image that comes. There's a lot of baggage that comes with that reality. And especially when you are dealing with a culture that only has exposure to that, then you've got to protect yani, the asl. You've got to protect. And that's, that, that's ultimately what scholars are doing. Right? They have that difficult job of knowing that not things, things aren't haram. Generally, life isn't haram, and things are not haram, and feminism is not haram, and words are not haram, and expressions of people's yani fight for justice is not haram, and whatever. However, because of the danger and how many people we've seen, then they then start to then follow along that line, yeah, to protect the nation. This principle of sadhuvraya of blocking the means to these kind of whatever is a genuine, true, real Islamic principle. Yes, it's abused. Yes, the Hanbalis are hardcore abusers of it. Yes, the Saudis are the king, yani abuses of it, okay? However, you know, women not dribbling how to drive, you know, blah blah all this, yani. But and at its core, it's a correct principle. It does protect people, and we've seen the opposite. We've seen people then lose the plot. You see, let me give you an example. Let me give you a really good example. If you make your prayer too much about meditation, what happens when you're praying behind a really lame imam? Huh? Uh, uh, it's yani, what you find is people start to justify for themselves that they're not going to pray behind the imam. Okay, when you um, when you make your life so much about meditation, or you make the prayer so much about meditation, then you will never ever accept children in the masjid ever, mm-hmm. ever. Yani, what I'm trying to say to you is that. Meditation and its spiritual benefits and realities are so important, and of course you've got to be in there and make your prayer like a, like a, like a. What's the word? What's the word that they use? The the, the, the mind palace, palace mind. What do they call it? Sherlock Holmes. What? Mind palace. Yeah, you know that mind, mind palace thing where you when you stop and you think and you start taking a, a journey. Yeah, and the prayer's got to be that journey, a religious kind of mind palace thing. And you start thinking and reflecting, not on your life, but upon the words and their consequences. Of course, remember that yani, prayer is not about just making tafsir of the verses that you are talking about, because you'd have to be a scholar for that. And the prayer is not for scholars, the prayer is for everyone. So the idea is, is that if you were to say something, one word, it sets off a consequence. So like mercy. And now you're just thinking about everything about mercy. 
So you might have now a picture of a mother uh, and what she does. Or you might have seen something and you reflect about that. That is the tadabbur and tafakkur that you are required to do, even in prayer. Even in prayer. And I gave the example in the class, uh, Sheikh used to always tell us, yani, and Sheikh Ihlan really big on this point. Okay? Um, yani, what, 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 what point? To try and take away what, what Westerners or what we as whatever, I don't know how we define ourselves, but modern Westerners, what we see in the prayer, don't make it so important. But rather, and try to first love the prayer for the fact that it's a prayer itself. I don't yani, try to read into it the things that you would want to. And if you're br- brought up by understanding that the objective is meditation, about behind the prayer. No, the objective behind the prayer is not meditation at all. The objective behind the prayer is to commit and sacrifice that time to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as an obligation. It's not, uh, yani, its objective is not to actually make tafakkur. That's the objective of life, not the prayer itself, right? The prayer will have it in it, but it's not about that. Because if you do make it about that, then when the child then screams and you think, I can't pray, what the heck is that? No, you know, I can't pray. Or you're behind an imam whose voice is very, very bad. And, 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 you know, he's your local imam. So, you know, no, I can't pray in this masjid ever again. You, lead, you, will, you will lead yourself to unnatural realities which are not yani, becoming of a Muslim. I'm not going to help you either. So, it's, like I said, this is a bit of a difficult discussion. And that's why I'm saying meditation, I found just experience. You're not finding scholars mention this, I don't think, I don't know. But just my experience of last 20 odd years in the da'wah and seeing people and advising people and trying it myself and whatever, I found it disastrous, this idea of meditation. I didn't find any benefit from it, how the Muslims uh, uh, got on, you know, how they, they, they grasped onto it. Yeah? And I just, add, I, just, I just want to add to this. I don't think that we can imagine the concept of meditation with eyes open. Is that a fair point? Yeah? And I want to say to you that the Prophet ﷺ, as far as we know, never closed his eyes ever in the salah. So that slaps the meditation yani, argument out of the water. You get what I'm trying to say? So it's difficult to pull ourselves away from it, but I just want you to keep that in your mind. Yeah. That's a really good point, by the way. The scholars are in agreement that to look at the Qur'an physically is an act of worship. Okay. Now, if you are reading the Quran, likewise you're thinking about the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it's very powerful. Some verses, and it could be quite normal to read a verse and just to lean back and then you yani, need to relax and to recite the verse yani, with your eyes closed, especially if you know that verse by heart and you're thinking about it. How does that work with the fact that we said to actually look at the Quran is something which is? I'm saying I'm not saying this is haram, not at all, not at all. But what I'm trying to say to you is that the Western or the modern or the Eastern or the whatever notion of meditation puts emphasis on things which Islam doesn't. That's my point, and that's the problem of using a phrase that has a lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. They are permissible. Okay, this is very important. As Sheikh Lusam bin Taymiyyah said, he said that those things which are prohibited, such as sadal, such as 
يعني اجتماله صماء such as زنار such as all these belts closed يعني uh, dresses whatever all of these are permissible if they don't have a religious connotation a tanzimi uh, 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 connotation tanzimi ideological tanzim huh? it is it is urdu but it comes from the arabic asl as well from nizam ideological i think ideological or cult yeah organizational but by organizational it doesn't it doesn't have enough strength i want to i want to i want to express that there are cults which are not religious yeah fikri yani right yeah ideological uh, 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 things clothes that don't have any of these so uniforms for example like the black panthers for example or uh, what's the other, what's those people called uh, nation of islam Right, you know, wearing you know, the bow tie and this and that, whatever. That's where the problem comes when you start to identify yourself in a way, and it's not necessarily religious, but you start taking it. So, other than that, the belt is permissible. If the belt takes the form of the tassel, that's permissible, whatever, because it is the culture of the people, not read in in terms of things. Now, that's why I said this whole thing is controversial. The idea of right? This is probably one of the most debated, subjective, difficult issues of today because it covers birthdays, the permissibility or lack of uh, Halloween and trick-and-treat and Christmas and parties and clothes and wearing ties and Nike, right? Or Nike, right? You get what I'm trying to say? It's this asl and understanding it and making a decision on what it actually means, it dominates everything of modern day life. So you are either not going to go near Nike because it is the complete expression of shirk because that's exactly what the, the tick means and it was made and the people who made the brand itself, they named it after the Greek god and, 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 whatever. And so it is complete shirk or it is absolutely not meaning that whatsoever today. No one even knows that it's made from a Greek god. Everyone just yani, likes it because their favorite sports star wears it. Okay, which then opens another interesting yani chapter. Yani, you're copying a people and wanting to be like them. Is that yani your yani focus? So this is where how how difficult this issue is. Thanksgiving, for example, the majority of Americans we we know that the the, the fiqh of Americans is more liberal than it is in here, but the, even the conservative uh, side of the of scholarship find no problem with Thanksgiving. Okay, right? And in fairness, Thanksgiving is not as difficult. Uh, religiously speaking, as Christmas and Easter, because there actually isn't some kind of religious uh, reality to it. However, we said before that religion is not necessarily the illa. It is, yani, hal yu'eed. Yani, kal eid. Because eid itself, the Prophet said, don't take any, you, you don't have no other eid to eat. What is an eid? A day which returns again and again. So you are, yani, commemorating a day, which then, adds another dimension, if you start considering Thanksgiving to be impermissible, why are you celebrating yani, the 100th anniversary of the Saudi state and whatever, and nationalist days and things like that? So there's a lot of hypocrisy, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. And the irony is, is that we become so focused on that we forget even more basic asl uh, Islamic concepts. How can, I mean, it's easy for me to say as a non-American, but how can an American celebrate Thanksgiving when it was the murder and the massacre of how many million yani, Indians, whatever, okay? And uh, the the founding of their state, yani, which they nicked off yani, other people. You get what I'm trying to say? Yani, Islamically, we should have a bigger problem with that and stand in solidarity with the Red Indians, okay? 
which if you like, and Pakistani conspiracy theories, they're all Muslims somehow, and they've got yani, some kind of, like, you know, all their dodgy names are Islamic in some way. I've read some amazing article about that, I don't know if it's true. But, you know what I'm saying? So, there's so much hanging on this idea. Trick and treat is another very good example, right? Trick and treat, going out in, in, in clothes uh, and so on. How do you understand that? Where did it come from? It comes from some kind of pagan kind of thing, and it's all about demons and kufr and celebrating shaitan. And today, you know, uh, you try and say that Muslims are the ones that will humiliate you. You know, they will attack you. Say how stupid of you. You think a child yani, wearing a, a, a demon dress means anything. And you say, well, yes, I actually do. I do believe genuinely that a, a, a reality that, is beco- that becomes normalized is something which is harmful later. And they'll say, no, it means nothing, and whatever. So this idea is a very controversial one, very difficult one. And clearly, in my opinion, I think on, from a safety point of view, one should avoid most of these things. Yeah. Are we doing the last two um, sentences? Taswir wa isti'mali? We will come to that probably next week, to be honest, from a time point of view. Yeah. But, but go on, you, you're going to say something. by your prayer, but that no, no, nobody should shut their eyes. It's almost that the aim is not to make yourself happy and content and relaxed. The aim is to be focused. So, I mean, if you, if you take people that are hard at work, for example, they'll be very difficult to distract, but their eyes are wide open. They're doing something. So. That's a very good point. For, yani, uh, uh, um, basically, the, the, uh, the argument is, is that if you keep your um, eyes open in salah the, the real thing which is describing your state is a, a state of complete focus and concentration which is one of the objectives in the salah because and there's so many hadith that 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 support that okay uh, so many hadith the prophet ﷺ said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will continue to look at the abd until the abd turns away and no one physically turns away in the prayer right you don't say, right, that's enough. You're turning away is the second that you lose focus. So the second that you start to... We all know what happens. It's that moment when everything goes on to automatic. And, you know, you're very focused at the beginning of the beginning of the surah, and then maybe right in the middle of the surah, bam, you're gone. And then the next thing you know, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. So, so that's, the, that's the turning away. However, here's the problem. Tell me what you think about this. The Prophet ﷺ said, arihna bis salah. Yeah? Okay, what's the definition of the raha here in salah? It's, it's either you're, you're comfortable in your prayer or you're comfortable having done it. Because you're good, I think that's a good response. But do you agree that it could also be interpreted that yes, therefore one of the objectives is to actually enjoy a, a meditative kind of moment in the prayer? I would say that What you just said is exactly why the scholars want to put a slap down on words like meditation, because what it leads to. However, where is, this is really a very important point, okay, especially for students of knowledge, especially for you lot. Where is the point where you say, you know, okay, let's just take the foot off the gas here a little bit. 
يعني because we're so scared of what's going to happen. This is where Sadr Zara'i loses control. There's got to surely be some emotive uh, or emotionals rather, a spiritual kind of moment in the prayer which is outside of, uh, separate from the legal focus, technical, achieving all of my aims and, and so on. You get, you get what I'm trying to say? Just the fear of what people turn it into and what, what people then create as a lifestyle shouldn't be... Like, for example, the Prophet ﷺ said, you are closest to your Lord wa antasajid. Alright? So, if you are closest to Allah in the sajda and you are being commanded by the Prophet ﷺ to make dua, is it possible to be cold and make dua when you're, when you're close with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is it fair even, is it, is it really wrong and biased for me to even call being focused cold? That's so, so biased on my point, right? You should argue back and say, why did you say focused is being cold? Focused is being focused. Focus is being achieving what Allah wants. Focus is what the man said to the, what the Prophet said to the man, Right? He rejected that person's prayer because he wasn't in focus in terms of his movements. So clearly it's very important. Excellent. 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 I think what you're I think what you're building is what I'm building, which is that there's definitely a combination of objectives and achievements in the prayer. But we mustn't allow what I think is a major problem of our time and and thinking, which is allow the spiritual meditative kind of aspect to dominate it. And I genuinely believe the fact that the majority of people only enjoy their prayer when they close their eyes is a proof of that. But I'm going to do the direction where you're making a TikTok exercise. That's the, that's the fear. It protocol. Absolutely, I agree with that. But, but, but I, I agree that yani, once you turn it into the opposite, then it becomes just like a ritual and you're just ticking boxes. Did I make my thingy straight, whatever? And we've seen that, right? You, you've prayed next to that guy whose feet... Yani, don't, yani, not connecting, but he goes like this, then like that, like that, and every single second, yani, you know, when he goes into sajda, when he goes into ruku'ah, he's taking five, ten seconds to straighten his back in ruku'ah. He really puts you off kind of thing, stands up, and then everything is like, you know, whatever. And you're looking at that person, and you're thinking, this, this is literally just a legal tick box kind of exercise for that person. There's no doubt, as of, as of everything, there's a balance. But I'm saying that from an experience point of view, you can see that it's not balanced. And you can see that the people are, you know... I think it's because, uh, you know, when people are using the information um, just to apply it, just the information, not understanding and connecting in the salah. Like you said before, you know, draw a line where the companions draw a line. And you'll be safe. Because uh, otherwise it'll be just, just, like you said, a robotic position, right? Because the mere information... Just you doing this, doing this, and the focus is away from connecting with Allah. Yes, yes. It's just so interesting because when you start collecting all of the athar, you start to build a picture which does definitely have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Because we all know the narration that the companions, yani, they used to pray and the birds used to stand on them, yeah. right? Now, that you can either 
you can either put that into the team where legalities have made a person super focused, or you can either put that in the team of that person's in such a state of meditation that they can't even feel it. I don't know who's going to win that point, but someone's going to take it. You all heard the narrations that he was on guard duty and he got hit by the arrow and he wanted to continue. I don't know which one that goes into, okay? But what I'm saying is that it is subjective. People can't completely go mad on either party here. You've heard the narration, Sayyidina Umar said, I told you guys the other day, I arranged my armies in the prayer. Okay, so in the prayer, he's arranging his lines. The strategy is coming to him in the prayer. He sees that as part of tadabbur and tafakkur under jihad, under obligations, under the ta'a of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to worship him. He sees it as a priority and he's doing the physical realities and thinking about it. That's actually rewarded. So I'm saying there's no doubt that there is tafakkur, tadabbur, meditation. And there's no doubt that the legalities are more important. There is more, because Ibn al-Qayyim's yani, uh, essay on that, the small one about the five levels of the prayer, they indicate that, okay? They're clearly that you get better, the be- but you get better, but the getting better is not by increasing the legalities because the legalities are a bare minimum. You have to perfect the outside. You have to. But then the prayer gets better at level two, level three, level four, when you are now with Allah, as they say, when you've gone and made that journey and you are now in connection. Now, Isis said that you just got to be careful with that. You just got to be careful. I was just going to say that um, isn't the answer of hitting this uh, spiritual kind of point in the prayer, isn't the answer in terms of what we discuss in Fikr Salah when we say it's when you repeat the prayer, when you think you're not there mentally, but do you then repeat the prayer? Well, no, you don't. Because if you're Excellent. That's a very good point. Well done. Yani, you know that there's a legal, a legal question. If the prayer was about hitting it out of the park. You know, like you come out of that prayer and saying, my God, I was in the divine state. I, I mean, that was, that was the one. Yeah? If that's the case, then you would reject 99% of the prayers. Because every prayer you come out, safla, saf, safla. And if you're really, you know, if you're really feeling it, you'd say, you know what, I really messed up, I need to pray again. However, we don't have that in our religion. If a person outwardly completed the prayer, even if he had a disaster inside it, there's no repeating of the prayer. And if you open that door, then khalas, it's OCD, yani gangster's delight. Yeah, it's finished. Yani waswas is going to dominate the world. Right? No one is happy with that. Who's happy with their prayer? Are you kidding me? Everyone wants to repeat their prayer. Everyone yani, knows that their prayer was a disaster. Yeah? So, uh, so many ahadith, actually. So many ahadith. Like I said, this is a nuance which I think is... Is difficult thing. I don't know. I don't know what our lesson was on. I don't know what we discussed. <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. Just one word. Yeah, it's okay. So I mean, that is like a final uh, conclusion, basically, of all this discussion, because you know where they have stopped, they stopped there, and the way they pray, the way they had the khushu and khudud. What they did. It's going to be enough. It's going to be the best. It's going to be the peak. I mean, here's the problem. What you just said makes technical complete sense. The Prophet ﷺ said, hold on to it, yani, like as if you're biting onto it. Yani, therefore, yani, it, the idea is, is that you're going to be pulled away. You're going to, your emotions and the time is going to pull you away. Hold on to the sunnah. Hold on to the other companions. Yet we openly rule against what the companions did. And it's completely Islamic and completely permissible because of the different time, different realities, different whatever. So there is there's no doubt that we can't be hypocritical here. 
there's no one that I know that is completely 100% living their life like the companions. Uh, yani, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, and I don't, I don't, and I don't mean in terms of level, uh, uh, spiritual level. I mean living their lives like the companions legally. I don't mean in spiritual achievement. I mean even legally. We've given ourselves so many different fatawa to live an Islamic life which is different to what they would have done. And I don't mean in terms of piety and taqwa. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it's a theory, it's not, sorry, it's an, it's, it's an objective which I believe that the more we focus on it, I think that we will be so much safer in every single aspect of life. Anyway, let's, ask, let's answer some questions and then, then I think you know, it's long enough to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's got to be some aspect of, of enjoyment of the Salah. Absolutely. So there's got to be some aspect of, of enjoyment of the Salah. Absolutely. So there's got to be some aspect of, of enjoyment of the Salah. So there's no doubt. وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ So there's no doubt about it, yani, that even from the Qur'an, it's clear that there's something to be obtained in the prayer outside just the legalities. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's a dangerous door to open. I love that smile that you have. But it's true though. It is true. It does become a bit romantic. You know, like yeah, you know, like the the, the the cliched story, which I hate, but I'll say it anyway. You know that that story of the Molvi, the guy went to him and he said, "I've lost my car keys." He goes, "Go and pray two rakah." <laughs> yeah, and and then you know, he goes, "Pray two rakah, brother." No, I need to know where my car keys are. He goes, "Just trust me, pray two rakah." You be and at the end of it, you'll see. So he then prayed two rakah. In the first rakah, he found it. Yeah, in his mind, even then, he found it. He saw it where it was, where, because he knows everyone in prayer loses the plot completely. Yeah? So that's it. He finishes the prayer. He goes, Zakala khair, yani yo, mashallah So, I mean, you know, uh, I'm saying that the prayer itself is used for more than just legalities. There's no doubt about it. Tahajjud is an example. Yani, there is. Because the legal, I don't want to say the legalities go out the window, but if it was just the legalities, then we would have a normal length ruqur, normal length sajda. It's an interesting point. I think that when you gather all of the ev- evidences together, you will find, I think, that the prayer is the ultimate expression of thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fulfill a legal obligation that has added benefits that's the way that I would describe the prayer and those added benefits are personal things that we take from it like the dua like the enjoyment like revising Quran for example yeah I remember when I was younger and really into memorizing I genuinely this is yani straight up yani when I was memorizing Quran used to enjoy the prayer oh sorry i used to make my number one reason look at this to pray 
was because of muraja'ah. Can you believe that? You meaning that you're not getting enough done in Some the... Th- yeah, yeah. But that, I think, is more a religious kind of nice guy, to be honest. He's more mutaqi. That's not as nasty and, and shameful as what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's bad what I was, you know, because, because Islamically speaking, that's shocking. I don't do it no more. I am tempted. I go, I'm not going to lie. But, but, but Islamically... What the hell are you meant to be doing outside of the Salah? That's what you're meant to be doing outside the Salah. You're meant to be spending a couple of hours reading the Quran. You can't just say, oh, you know what, I'm going to do my muraja in the Salah and I'm going to recite nicely and enjoy the prayer and, you know, whatever. And uh, uh, the Salah is there for other reasons. You're abusing almost the institution of Salah. How is that possible then? How can you abuse the institution of Salah? So you see what I'm saying? It's like, you've got to be careful with the other objectives you want to take from the prayer, but there's no doubt that it has other objectives. You do realize, you do realize that I can see, unless yani, this girl's the worst evil yani, woman in, the, in history and she's put three boxes of chocolate there just to freak me out. But there's a lot of chocolate going down here. And there's, yani, mashallah, uh, chocolate here. And, you know, people came good today, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely very, very fair for me. <laughs> so I'm telling you now that I don't see any wisdom whatsoever in us going into a Q&A session without chocolate being passed around. I mean, I don't know about you lot. Yeah. So start, start. Bismillah, because we have, yani, we have, we have one that we'll start here with. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, in the discussion you mentioned about the ta'weez, but you never finished the point. You said in itself, obviously because of the Quran inside it, yes. and there's no harm in there. Yes. But obviously I don't want people to take that the wrong way. Correct. The ta'weez, the ta- the ta'weez argument is exactly what we're talking about. The ta'weez in principle is the Quran. It was never wrapped up. Wrapping up, I don't even know, maybe if someone historically looks into it, maybe the wrapping up was done for a sincere reason to protect the verses. Who knows? I, I genuinely don't know. But clearly somewhere along the line, the shayateen got involved. Yani the shayateen, ins and jinn, they got involved. And they started to physically, literally, actually start to yani, put in bakwas and Hindu stuff. and shay- You know, subhanAllah, in this masjid, in this masjid, there is an Iraqi brother. And he's, an, he's a... Because, you know, it's amazing. People are amazing. You just don't know who you're praying next to and who the, your local people are. We have an antiques dealer in this masjid. Can you believe that? Iraqi antiques dealer. Right? So he buys and sells. That's his business, mashallah. Okay? So where I, I finished with the salah one day and he's sitting there waiting for me. He goes, Sheikh, I want to show you something. And he pulls out this kind of plaque. And I'm like, you know, he goes, I want you to, I want you to look at this. So I'm like, I've got no idea what I'm looking at here. What's the value? He goes, this is worth X amount of money, blah, blah, blah. But I want you to have a look at the writing on it. And he's Arab. He's Arab, Iraqi. And the writing was in Arabic, but it was very difficult to read. Anyway, he goes, I just want you to read this because I don't know what this means. Even as an Arab, I don't know what it means. And I can't remember what it was, but it was some shaitani behavior, man. Yeah, calling upon... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, right, right. I don't even want to go there. 
But it was hardcore. I mean, this guy, he basically said that he could make, I don't know how much of this piece. And he's practicing brother. And he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it back. I'm not going to sell it or whatever. It, was, it had proper shirk on it. And it was metal engraved. It was crazy stuff. I don't know, it's taking me years, yara. Unbelievable. Just someone chuck me a chocolate, man. Honestly, I'm so... Throw me a chocolate, man. Custom, you guys are killing me. Oh, all right, all right. I got the point. Okay, khalas, I'm done, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. There we go, that's it, I'm done. Right. You see, yeah, look, Rehan is saying, I heard that Abdul Rashid Ali Sufi said that the night prayer is good for the Huffar to do muraja. Oh, of course. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. All of our discussions and everything is is clearly focused on the obligatory things. Oh, mashallah. Right, questions? Carry on. Yeah, go and read out the, the online one. Yep. Um, my point I was making with the question is obviously, you know, this is impermissible. Right? So, so mentioned that, like, you know, whoever uses the Nima is going to shake. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it, am, I, am I right in this understanding, right? That to Ta'vi, obviously, it's not something people should be going for or anything like that. You know, they, I don't want them to take that message. You see, okay. the discussion over Ta'vi is, is, is the point here that, uh, Yani. To say that we're not going to use the Qur'an as a thing, everyone's got loads, take it, yeah. Uh, to, to say that the Qur'an is uh, not good enough to use as a protection in some kind of way, is just not possible because it is. Because it is a protector and it has a physical shifa. وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ shifa. Okay? وَرَحْمَةُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Okay, so... so there's no doubt it has a physical reality. Bukhari makes it clear it has a physical reality. The companions, yani, they used to give it a physical reality. Um, however, just like other physical realities, the companions, they knew where their stop line was very clearly. And when you come to a people that don't, then you've got to create that artificial stop line, even if it means technically making what is halal haram. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you take that too far, you lose the, the you lose the plot. What was it that they broke in Libya? Those Yani uh, kind of ISIS folks or whatever. What was it they did? Yeah. It was what? No, no. Huh? Graveyards. What was it though? Did they like completely destroy the graveyards completely or the graves? The, the raised mausoleums, whatever. Yeah. 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 You mean the Roman ones? No, Muslim ones. There was a major up, 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 uproar about it. I mean, from non-Muslims, and that was just more propaganda from non-Muslims. <coughs> but Islamically, it was nuts, man. They went round and saying, Sayyidina Ali went round and said that, you know, that everything above one, yani shibr, should be taken down. They were physically destroying great people's graves. So, as with everything, you've gonna, you have to have a balance. You know, you want to stop people, but you don't want to lose the plot. And like I said, with the, the whole, at the moment, Mecca, Medina kind of tour thing, this is like really relevant. Now people expect to go and they expect to be seen, you know, where the house of so-and-so was and where he stood and where this 
and wear that, whatever. And people losing a plot on that. And there's a there's now become a major ideological ideological divide on this now in Saudi in in Saudi, okay, where there are scholars at the top level saying this is absolutely nonsensical. And then on the other hand, you have got those that are mostly the non-Saudi. Mostly they are those that are from Mauritania or from Egypt or from whatever that have been in Saudi for a long time. And they're the ones that are kind of making out entire books and studies where they're, you know, they're saying if you go to the library and you stand here in the library, then this will happen, this will happen. I have got to say I'm very clearly in the other camp. I dislike this immensely. And I'm very much aware of the, the, the historical interest and the spiritual benefit that you get. But I swear to you, just like I gave you the Sheikh Ihlan example... I say the sunnah is enough for you, man. A person sits in Masjid Nabwe and just sits there. I mean, what more do you want? What more do you want than a thousand prayers? What more do you want than Rods of Jannah? What more do you want than going to Quba? What more do you want than to go and see any of the shuhada of Uhud? These are all legislated. Why would a person want to then go and do other things? Sabah Masajid, for example. It's actually become yani, a phrase to visit the seven mosques. Mosques which do not have an Islamic basis to be visited other than that they are related to some kind of incident in history. Not necessarily at the Companions' time, but other times. Yani, you know, Twin Peaks and thingy, go to Thawr, go to Hira, go to this, go to that. Yani, you're in the Haram. You're running the Kaaba. I don't know. I don't know. It becomes difficult. becomes difficult. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt that if you are praying and you say to yourself, I'm now not praying, you're out of the prayer. Immediately at that moment. But if you're linking it to the whole, I'm praying a rubbish prayer here, I need to start again. Then what I'm saying is that, first of all, yes, you have exited the prayer. But number two, you shouldn't be thinking that ever at any point. When is Buru Timur in time? What do you mean by in time? Yeah. And you're not sure about the time started, not started. What's worse comes. Yeah. So, I mean, what's worse is to all to be dealt with in the same way. Just one big slap, that's it. Just one slap. Every what's worse comes to you. Every not, every idea, every doubt, every you don't have although your time's not started, this, that, whatever, whatnot. You say to yourself, I'm not fussed, I'll deal with it afterwards. But I'm praying now, I'm going to finish this prayer with a good, bad, whatever. Afterwards, I'll have a look and see, is the time in or not? Is the time this, is that, what, what not? And most of the time, even if it wasn't, it's not repeating. It's a very important concept, that is. And it links into what we're talking about. If we're being so strict on this, it shows that spiritual uh, sucker or sakur, how do you say that word? It's sucker, yeah? S-U-C-C-O-U-R. Spiritual sucker is not the number one objective behind the prayer, and many people think it is. That's the point. And if it was, then none of you have prayed like ever. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's just do some of these. Uh, 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 okay. Yeah. Are there any actually questions here? 
comments, more comments yeah? I'll read one or two. Can we just not simply say that the goal of Ibadah is to gain taqwa of Allah? Yeah, it is. But there are, there are, there are, there are personal benefits. Like taqwa of Allah. Let me just make, let me make something clear. Alright? Listen to me carefully here when I say this and don't misunderstand me. Taqwa, in my opinion, is not necessarily an enjoyable state. Does that make sense? Taqwa, as we said, comes from wiqa, from waqa, from wiqaya, to protect yourself. Taqwa is to, it's to think of Allah before you do something. Why is it called taqwa? Because you protect yourself from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Linguistically, it's very clear. Islamically, it's very, very clear. Before you make a decision, you think of Allah, you don't do it. I'm about to go and buy a house, yani, and I'm going to go and buy a mortgage. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to you know, suffer and struggle doing something else. I'm going to do this, I'm going to something else. I, I could do haram, I'm not gonna, I could do zina, I'm not going to. I could steal, I'm not going to. Taqwa is what stops you doing something. I don't think you enjoy that. Now there might be a sweetness of iman if you're at a high level that when you've done it you feel achievement you say alhamdulillah Allahumma lakal hamd that you guided me to but the process itself is not necessarily enjoyable so no I don't think that it's so that we can simply say that the goal of ibadah is to gain the taqwa of Allah I think that's one of the aspects of that because ala bi dhikrillah tatma'inul qulub now al tuma'nina tuma'nina that is enjoyable. That is enjoyable. In fact, it's so enjoyable and it's so valuable that it's priceless. People can't buy it. That's why we say money can't buy happiness. Right? Which is not actually true. <laughs> but in most cases, Yani, it can't. <laughs> they, said that, they said that whoever says money can't buy happiness, they just don't know how to buy it. That's all. <laughs> but but yeah, what I'm saying is it's very very clear I mean just the figures the stats you look at the people who are super rich super famous super celebrity super powerful there's an inordinate percentage of those folks that are mentally ill depressed sad whatever far, far more than a normative population not as much meaning there's definitely a difference what happens with wealth it plateaus after a certain amount. Yeah, that's what the happiness survey showed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up above seventy-five thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up above that, there's no benefit, and the rates are exactly the same. So again, 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 seventy-five thousand pounds is a magic number, but I don't know, man, who's making these numbers? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I could show you some happiness at above seventy-five thousand pounds. I tell you that much. I'm sure I could. <laughs> so, um, uh, but but there's definitely yani, so what I'm saying is that the dhikr of Allah is clearly being used for a personal benefit okay but then salat uh, 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 so establish the prayer so that you think of me okay so the salah is dhikr wa so that the prayer is actually stopping haram and evil I just think, Yani, what's the conclusion? We must be multidimensional. We mustn't put all our eggs in one basket and think there are so many different aspects and facets to this religion and objectives behind ibadah and prayer and so on. There are things from worship which are purely selfish for ourselves, that we enjoy ourselves. Sajda, for example, is ours. It's ours. It's ours. It's completely ours. You know what I'm saying? This back half of the Fatiha is ours. That's what the Prophet says. That's what Allah said in the Hadith Qudsi. 
Did you not see what my slave said? Majjadani, majjadani abdi. Athna alayya abdi. Hamadani abdi. And then uh, the second half, it's, this is يعني, what my slave, wali abdi ma sa'al. Wali abdi ma sa'al. يعني, whatever my slave is asking for, give it to him, give it to him, give it to him. So it's clearly, even in the prayer, you see, there is a legality which is owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there's something for yourself as well. There's something for yourself as well. A lot of time taqwa is opposite to your desires. So you're right, by definition, taqwa is not always going to be something which you naturally enjoy because you're going to have to give up some, some stuff. Yeah, yeah. So back to the Yeah. You know the truth? Yeah. Sheikh Uthameen doesn't convince me at all in the things he says. And it's clear that he doesn't offer very, very, any good one. For example, one of the things he says is that when he does that, then he's putting a barrier between him and what is on the floor. Okay? Now that's true. Intentionally, it's not permissible to not want to make sajda upon the floor. But then the response to that is that most face covers don't stop you. The response to that is that we know that the scholars have allowed yani, like a hat like this or a turban, for example. It doesn't, yeah, you, can, you don't need to push it up. The hijab doesn't need to be pushed up. To, this is the, yani, it goes back to what the forehead is. Is the forehead the top part or is it any part which is yani, part of, you know, from this part here? And so if it's completely covered with a turban, do you need to ex- ex- expose it? Some people said yes. Okay, so they said that, yani, this is one of the reasons. Others, they said that, yani, I'm saying that it's not, it's, it, the ilal are not clear. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with that. It, uh, I, I thought about this myself for a long time. Um, and I just always used to see it as tawqifi, meaning that this is something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the woman is not allowed to cover in ihram. And when you think about it, that doesn't make sense. Because never is the woman, if you consider the woman to be, as I've said, you know, the creature of the home and the man to be the creature of the outside, where you're now putting a woman so in the midst of people, it's unbelievable more than she'll ever be if she's following her natural kind of reality. So then at that moment, you'd think it's the time she needs to cover her face most. So I, 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 I always stood back and said, this is tawqifi and something which I, I don't know if anyone can actually ever give a good illa for. When we say, say tawqifi, meaning that it's a, a command from Allah where its ruling is very difficult to determine why or the wisdoms are difficult to determine. I didn't hear convincing. Anyone, you, anyone got any, any thingies? Any ideas of why? I think it's a difficult one. Yeah. That's what I would say back. Uh, yani, uh, the sister said basically that, that you know, uh, maybe the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants even the women to uncover their faces to show that kind of taqwa and whatever. But then the response back to be, would be that, well, the women are different anyway, they're clothed differently anyway. 
the by consensus of the scholars a woman don't need to you know some women can wear very minimal kind of covering and others could go real heavy big on you know lots of abayat and whatever uh, like let me tell you something let me tell you something you know this whole equality thing see now <laughs> you see now you're getting me started you see once you start making me speak from my kind of my own theories then you're really now going into danger you see I don't know where that came from I think that's just a Malcolm X nonsense that's all and it Whenever we speak, us, modern generation, when we're explaining to other Muslims, non-Muslims about Hajj, what do we say? We're all equal, we're all in white, we're all in this, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm just asking a question, did that ever come from any of the Quran or Sunnah? Because I don't think I've seen that. Does it? Is there any... Yes, yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that that is the you're saying that could be the khutbatul wida' where he said that the Arab is like the non-Arab and there's no difference between Arab and non-Arab and the black and white. You're saying that that is why people are wearing the same. I, how is that? The women are all wearing all different clothes. Women are a key key component of the Hajj. Key component. I, 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 it's an interesting thought. It's something for you guys to have a look at and maybe research. Yani, where does this idea come from? I think it comes from a romantic kind of anti-racism, kind of black power kind of uh, 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 thing. I could be completely wrong. But why am I so skeptical? I can tell you a mile off when I see the hujjaj from which country they're from. I can tell you a mile off of how much he spent on his ihram and he, how much he spent on his ihram. All the scholars allow people to wear different shoes. You look at a guy's shoes, first of all, straight away, you know where he's from. Yeah. You look at the women, you can tell Yani, a woman who's covering herself, Yani, with simple clothes, and someone who's from the West who's wearing expensive clothes, and someone who's an Arab who's wearing even more clothes. Where's this equality? I don't see equality. I don't think, yeah. When I, so, so I, I'm just saying I never saw or understood this. And whenever I tried to express the clothing, whatever, I understood it as. Um, I understood it as not one of the major things. I, I, yani, I understood it as simplicity. Simplicity, yani, yani, making things very simple. That's all. Yeah, but it could refer to like equality in actions rather than yani, physical appearance. There's no doubt that there's equality in actions, whatever. But I'm saying that. Do you not? Have you not heard? Maybe I'm making up. Have you not heard people who try to explain Hajj and why everyone's wearing clothes and white clothes? People say because we want to make everyone look the same, so that the the, the pauper stands next to the prince, and you can't tell the difference. What nonsense! What bloody nonsense! That, that's a person who's never done Hajj. You're never going to see the prince. I'm telling you right now. You, bro, you, yeah, and forget the prince. You're not going to see our group, and you're not going to see Hidayah's group. Hidayah, you're going to pay eight, nine grand. And they are right next to Jamarat, bro. There's no one who doesn't walk past that and look at them like wistfully like this. <laughs> I wish I was with that group. You know what I'm saying? Whereas all of the rest of the Europeans and the Americans, whatever, we're one hour walk down. No difference between the Hijaz. Shut up. Going on the coaches and walking, whatever, and they're on a bloody train. 
new metro or something like that, Japanese, any bullet, I don't know what's happening. What? No difference? I'll have some of that. I'll tell you, right, I'll, get out of it. So what you just said is what I would say, but I think also yourself, what you just said, you in your description of it are also indicating it's not the primary reason behind it. But it's one of the one. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and that, that, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm arguing that people make it out that that equality is somehow like the key reason behind the ihram, the Quran, Sunnah kind of thing. I don't think so. I think that, yes, you get moments where you do see it and feel it, but not like that. Right? No more noise. Khalas. Khalas. Bas. Miracle. Yeah, Allah, I'm telling you, this ilm is a shifa. I haven't felt anything. Allah, amazing. Okay, Zakmullah khair. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirukallahum wa wa atubu alaykum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.